Welcome back to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. Today is Wednesday, November 15th, 2023, and I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PVH, how's it going, my friend? It's it's going well, my buddy. It's happy to be back. Uh, so much for not drinking on a Wednesday, but happy to be here. So let's, let's light this candle. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. I'm joining you. I got a glass of wine in my hand right here. We are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland. CP, what's the word from the 216? What's up, guys? Hey, what do you mean? It's every day is the 4th of July, brother. Wednesday, Tuesday, every day is the Benson Y. Come on, dude. Except if you live in Cleveland. Oh, I'll tell you what. Cleveland right now, dude, the weather here is like 60 degrees for Cleveland. Oh. It's unbelievable, man, for November, like mid-November. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, everything's good here except for, you know, the entire city shut down today. Like, it was on suicide watch because of uh, Deshaun, you know, being out from here. Deshaun Watson's season-ending <laughs> injury. A, oh, my God. This the franchise is a snake bitten, forever snake bitten. So we are not here to talk about the Cleveland Browns, but we are here to talk about a whole bunch of other things, actually. And among them will be number two Ohio State's final home game of the 2023 season against unranked Minnesota this coming Saturday in the Horseshoe. Fellas, I'd also like to spend a few minutes looking back at last Saturday's 38-3 win over Michigan State. And then, of course, we need to devote a little time to Michigan's 24-15 win over Penn State. And then, of course, maybe we can talk about Michigan a little more broadly and peek ahead, of course, to November 25th. I mean, there's really only so much meat on the Minnesota bone that we can pick at, let's be honest. And all we're really thinking about, right, let's admit it to ourselves, is that Ohio State-Michigan game on the 25th of November. I can't believe P.J. Fleck is still there. Uh, you know he's doing a solid job there. He's I I think he's he's got yeah. Minnesota performing at the at its ceiling for what that program is. Um, but but you, so you were thinking CP that he, he more to bring to the table. Oh okay. So guys, let's start with last Saturday's thirty-eight to three win over Michigan State. Our listeners have not yet had an opportunity to get your takes on that game. So PBH, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you give me a few thoughts on that performance by the Buckeyes last Saturday? It, it just, you know, they did what they needed to do. They came out quick, right? Did anybody get hurt? No. Hmm. Um, honestly, these, you know, that game and this game are, you know, just the appetizers for the feast that is coming uh, <laughs> on the 25th. Uh, you know, they did what they needed to do. It, you know, and, and honestly, like, I had a bunch of people over and I was running around all day in Vegas the week before. I, I you know, all, all I kept, I, I would look up and, oh, Ohio State just scored another touchdown, <laughs> um, which was awesome, right? Yeah. You know, and like, so wasn't grinding on every play like we were for Rutgers, um, which was good to see, right? Like kind of like the juggernaut Ohio State that, you know, we can, uh, you know, not have to, like I said, grind it on every single play. Yeah. Um, I, I love the unis. I love- Oh, yeah. They were awesome. Dude, and the atmosphere, and again, it's just like the atmosphere, yeah, at night, and like, I, you know, it, it's just, it. I, I shake my head again, and I'm going to be, I don't care. I've said it a thousand <laughs> times, like. Here we go. <laughs> these fucking games at nine in the morning, do nobody, is, like, who likes that, right? I mean, uh, the players feed off it, the 
crowd feeds off it. I mean, they're still going to draw huge TV ratings. Thank God this game's at two. Like, there should ne- never be another Ohio State game that kicks off at the shoe in Columbus before noon ever again. Ever. <laughs> okay. about the money, bro. <laughs> yeah, but, dude, the money's going to be there no matter what they do. Right. It's not like I know, but like you've got like multiple networks competing and like if like you got the big Fox noon, the whatever. Yeah, that's I mean, their like brand. That's their window. Money. Yep. I, I get yeah. that. But that game is going to draw the same number at eight o'clock. The, the game would draw the same number at midnight. So <laughs> well, that's that's probably why true. does it have to. Be- I get it, dude. I get it. But I don't think they have the uh, ability to, to throw on a game at midnight. Yeah, <laughs> we'd watch it. That's for damn sure. I'd watch any time of the day. Oh, for sure. Yeah, CP. How about you? What 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 about last week's performance against Michigan State stood out to you? I tell you what. Um, I think the game is slowing down for McCord. Yes. Um, he's like his ability to, you know, just kind of adapt and kind of he's he's seen the the, the everything. Just a little bit like slower. It's like everything's coming mm-hmm. a little bit easier to him. So, yes. and, and and that is such a good like warm and fuzzy feeling to like you know as we're going into next week. I love seeing it. Um, Absolutely, that was the one thing that's kind of like stood out in front of me. And, and, and you know what, the kid can throw some dimes, man. Yes, you know he can. But I, I, I look, I. I, you know, I'm not looking ahead to next year. I, I want this year that, you know, and I, and I feel like we're gravitating towards that right now. But, like, I'll tell you what, man, give us the national championship. I would love that. But the kid next year, dude, I, I mean, wow. I mean, he's got potential. Like, I mean, he's, he's solid. I Absolutely, love the cord, man. Yeah, 24 of 31 for 335 yards passing and three touchdowns. The 335 was a career high for McCord. What else you got, CP? Yeah, what else? And I love Trey Trey, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. I like he got that. I like that he got his work in early. Thirteen carries, sixty-three yeah. yards, and a touchdown. And then they got him the hell out of the game. He did not play in the second half. I thought that was exactly as we drew it up in our pregame pod, right, CP? It was an eye test performance for the Buckeyes, right? We knew what Michigan State was. They weren't going to pose any real threat to the Buckeyes. And the goal was just to look the part of a title contender, make quick work of an inferior opponent, have your key starters on the bench by the middle of the third quarter, and get out of there without any more injuries. Though, mostly mission accomplished. But uh, on the injury front, it sounds like Mike Hall Jr. was nicked up in that game. He left early in the first quarter. I don't think the telecast picked up on that. It was the Ohio State beat that mentioned it after the game. He's got some kind of undisclosed injury. He didn't return to the game, and it looks like his status might be in doubt for Minnesota. So let's hope he can play and be a factor against Michigan. So fingers crossed there. PVH, I'm going to kick this back to you. Any other thoughts uh, from that performance last Saturday? Yeah, I mean, the McCord thing is interesting. I mean, I think uh, 10 games in, you would expect to see that, right? I yep. mean, obviously, the kid's got talent, you know. Um, it takes some time. Uh, and so that's, you know, let's just, you know, I don't want to get over my skis because, right, it's Michigan State, and that's a dumpster fire. But right. I, I agree with Chad on the point, right? Like, if the game is truly slowing down for him, um, and the offense is starting to 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 click. Uh, that's a very scary proposition for the rest of college football. So, 
let's just hope it continues um, and it carries over over the next two weeks for sure. Eight touchdown passes for Kyle McCord in his last three games. CP, what else you got on this game? Any other thoughts you want to share? That's all good, man. I, you know what? I, I the one thing that kind of stands out to me, and you know, I'm sure it's been a huge focus. Um, is you know Hensman. I mean, like the center, yeah. Like I got to get those, like him, like right. I got to get him in sync. Like you know, that's that's a, that's a critical position. I mean, you get like some, you know, I, I just I think the offensive line is coming together, but that your center has to be on the same page. Yeah, he's struggling yeah. this year. Carson Hinsman's overall PFF grade on the season is 53.1. Not great. His pass blocking grade is 39.2. A little better in run blocking, 57.7. It is interesting, and I didn't learn, I didn't realize this until after the game, and I was listening to the Ohio State beat, you know, Bill Landis and, and Lay Maurice and that crew, that um, they actually made a change at center and put Matthew Jones in for right. 10 snaps late in that game with the first-team offense. Now, it was not a necessity. Ohio State was comfortably ahead, and but it was interesting that they gave Matthew Jones, with the, the rest of the starting offensive line, uh, snaps at center in this game. And it, one wonders, will they consider making a change at some point over these next two games? Because Jones actually was recruited to play center. He played it in high school. Uh, they, they know he can play there. And then you move another player like uh, Tegra Shabola, somebody like that, in a guard. So that's a good point about Hinsman. He's really struggled this year. And, man, <clears throat> I'm sure they're loath to make a, a change at that position this late in the season. But you're going to go up against a Michigan defense. The strength of that defense is in the interior. They have three really good defensive tackles, so they have to be sound there in the interior. Guys, anything else we want to talk about related to, to the Michigan State performance before we have a look at Minnesota? I, I mean, I, I, I would say, can, can you really then objectively say that the offensive line is playing better if you're thinking about swapping out your center at game 10, knowing that we've had offensive line problems all year long. Yeah. Like what, that's a gigantic effing red flag, right? Yeah. I mean, they've, the, I think the offensive line has performed well as a unit in spite of Hintzman. Well, the concerns were, were tackle mostly, right? And I think we think that the tackles have acquitted themselves over 10 games pretty well. Um, but no, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it is a red flag. I mean, you do not want to make a change at this stage of the, of the season yeah. with your like starting if you're, five. If you're, yeah, if you're actually going to do it. Um, I don't think, you know, 10 days before you play Michigan, number one, you know, ranked defense in the country, whatever that's worth, and interior run stoppers or whatever that means, that uh, that's, <laughs> a, that's a positive sign for the Buckeyes. I would Call me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he's having some anxiety issues, Paige. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should uh, ship him some gummies. Can we get a delivery to, to oh, Hinsman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll, that'll, I'm sure that'll help on game day. <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas. Why don't we have a look at this Saturday's matchup between number two undefeated Ohio State and unranked Minnesota in the horseshoe. It's senior day, but they might as well call it senior slash draft eligible junior day because a whole bunch of seniors and draft eligible juniors will be playing their last games in the horseshoe on Saturday, to be sure. It's interesting, not counting reserves who barely play in you know the practice squad types. 
Xavier Johnson, Josh Proctor, Matthew Jones, and Tristan Jebbia, they're the only four players who actually have exhausted their eligibility. And then you have seniors, Kate Stover, Tommy Eikenberg, Steele Chambers, Julian Fleming, Lathan Ransom, who, by the way, Ryan Day said is out for the rest of the regular season. Cody Simon, G. Scott, Jihad Carter, Victor Cutler, Enoch Vamahi, and Jaden McKenzie, they're all seniors, but they all have still another year of eligibility from the COVID season. And then you have the draft-eligible juniors, Marvin Harrison Jr., who we know is gone. This is his last game in the shoe. Emeka Ibuka, Trey Henderson, Donovan Jackson, JT Tui Molowau, Jack Sawyer, Denzel Burke, Mike Hall Jr., Tyleek Williams, and Jordan Hancock, many of whom we think will be playing their last game in the horseshoe. So a lot of players, we think, are going to be playing their final games in the horseshoe on Saturday. The game is a 4 p.m. Eastern kick on the Big Ten Network. The line is Ohio State minus 27.5. The over-under is 48.5. Ohio State leads the all-time series between these two schools 47-7, and that includes a 45-31 Ohio State win over the Gophers in the 2021 season opener in Minneapolis. That's the last time these two schools played. Minnesota head coach P.J. Fleck leads the Gophers into this game at 5-5. They're losers of their last two. They lost a heartbreaker at home to Illinois 27-26 on November 4th. And then they got spanked last week by lowly Purdue 49-30 in West Lafayette. The Gophers were also smacked around by Michigan 52-10 back in October. Uh, But then they went on the road in their next game and they knocked off Iowa in Connick 12-10. So, guys, I thought we would look at, we would kind of do our usual thing. Let's look at at, uh, offense and defense. We'll look at each side of the ball. Before I dive into that, any overarching thoughts on this game? PVH, I'll start with you. 12 to 10? Was that like a squash game? (laughs) 12 12 to 10. And by the way, uh, did you guys just see, before we jumped on, Cooper DeGene, their stud do-it-all corner done for the year. Looks like he got hurt in practice. Sounds like it could be an Achilles or an ACL uh, for, oh, Iowa. for Iowa, for Iowa, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah twelve to ten. That was a absolute snooze fest. Uh, but they won the game at at Iowa. Minnesota did. How how many people watch that on the TV broadcast? Thirty seven. Thirty Yeah, I can't imagine that was one of the the more um, the more watched games. Highly watched. Yeah, college football games. See, uh, no, no, I'm good. Okay, NCP, how about you? Any any overarching thoughts before we dive into offense and defense on this game? I think we should just like not even play this game. Like, <laughs> you know, just like have a all week like. Can we skip it? You know, it's it's actually it's a good yeah we do have to. Um, well, I mean, this what the it, SEC it's a, it's does is the SEC schedules an FCS opponent this yeah. weekend, which is basically a buy, right? It is interesting, though, because, you know, you mentioned about getting dialed in, not being distracted, not looking ahead, that sort of thing. Now, Ohio State has been known to struggle in games the week before Michigan. We need to look no further than last season at Maryland, right, before Michigan. We struggled in that game. The 2018 Maryland game, that went to, what, double overtime. Ohio State wins by one point. Uh, Back in 2016, Ohio State struggled with Michigan State, only winning 17-16 to the week before Michigan. Now, all those games were on the road. But even back in 2014, look, Ohio State's last national championship season, the Buckeyes took a one-point lead into the fourth quarter against Indiana in the horseshoe, and we all painfully remember the inexplicable 17 to 14 home loss to Michigan State the week before Michigan in 2015 though that of course was a very good Michigan State team that went on to win the Big Ten and make the playoff but my point is you know listen it isn't always a a, a Mona Lisa (laughs) this game for Ohio State over the last 15 seasons 
The only games Ohio State won comfortably the week before Michigan were the 56-7 Laffer over Michigan State two years ago, a 52-14 blowout over Illinois in 2017, and a 42-14 win over Indiana in 2013. Now, all those games were played in the horseshoe against overmatched opponents, and I think that's what this game against the Gophers qualifies as. So hopefully that's what we see out of the Buckeyes. But as we're thinking about our score predictions, the look-ahead variable, I think, is something to factor in. So, fellas, let's start by having a look at the Minnesota offense. It is uh, not not a thing of beauty. The Gophers come into this game ranked 114th nationally in total offense. They're 118th in offensive yards per play. They're 102nd in in scoring offense. They're 125th nationally in passing offense. Now, they're a little more capable running the ball. The Gophers are 63rd in rushing offense, averaging 160 yards per game. However, they're 95th in rushing yards per attempt at only four yards per attempt. So Minnesota averages about 40 rushing per attempts per game. So they're gonna, they want to force the issue running the ball. And I don't think they really care how much success they have running. But guys, this might be the worst offense the Buckeyes have faced this season. Perhaps even worse than Michigan State last week. The Gophers are led by sophomore quarterback Ethan Kaliak Manis, who is completing only about 52% of his passes through 10 games. He has 13 <laughs> touchdown passes, 7 picks, and he's been sacked 17 times. They had a really good running back named Darius Taylor. He's a freshman who was playing really well for him for, for them, but uh, he got injured back on October 21st against Iowa. He has not played since. Uh, Jordan Newbin will be the bell cow for Minnesota more than likely in this game. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry, only has two rushing touchdowns. Finally, at receiver, senior Daniel Jackson, pretty solid player. He comes into this game with 681 receiving yards on 45 receptions. He has seven touchdown catches. That's not bad. And he leads the Gophers in all three of those stats. So, PVH, I'm going to kick this over to you. Give me a few thoughts about the Ohio State defense against this very limited Gopher offense. Oh, you, you switched it up. We're going our defense against their offense. I, I as you were as you were uh, spouting off those statistics, I wrote down what I thought the score would be, and I wrote forty to two. Um, <laughs> like, how could they possibly score? Like, like yeah. other than a safety, and I, I mean that's not going to be my prediction because then I wrote forty to four, and that would be like, well, could I get there without two safeties? But that's not going to happen either. Um, Wow. You know, I mean, so again, like I've not watched one single play of Minnesota all year long. I don't know how. You're not missing anything. (laughs) But how can you be in the big, I know I say this all all the time. Right. I'm a broken record, but how can you be in the big 10 and be ranked in the hundreds, like literally across the board offensively? (laughs) It's terrible. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. Um, so, you know, uh, good luck, I guess, Minnesota. <laughs> I'm not that really worried, and maybe I shouldn't. I should be the look-ahead factor. Right. Um, but I mean, obviously, the defense is playing great, solid. I don't expect, uh, you know, anything other than what we've seen for the last ten games, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to ride the roll with the trend. Yep, uh, makes sense. Be dominant. They're they you know if you if you can't if you you got to do something right competently yeah. i think to beat a high state uh in general but 
you know, from offensive to defensive perspective. And it doesn't clearly sound like they have anything. No. Uh, like you can't, you can't, like they don't even have a good tight end, right? Like, well, <laughs> well they good, yeah, their best players are tight end. Like just, okay, we'll lock him down and we'll probably be all right. It doesn't even sound like they have that. So, uh, you know, just don't get hurt. Stay yeah. healthy. That's my biggest thing. Amen. Amen. Point, yeah. Yeah. How about you, CP? The come out of the gates first quarter, solid, no mistakes, no penalties. Uh-huh. And then let's I get like our that. like, you know, let's get those other like blue chippers, <laughs> the young guys in yeah. there, you know, take care of business. What? Yeah. Up so, duty. so I actually I, I did think of something, sure. right? So with ransom out, right, and you're way better at this sack than I am, like like so who's sliding in sunny styles um sunny styles moves into the bandit you've got josh proctor who we think will be coming back from concussion protocol back at the deep safety spot at the adjuster and then uh, yeah. jordan hancock will play the cover safety and i think look hey man with those three players that's a pretty goddamn good trio of, safe, of safeties no, right there. They're all like, yeah. I mean, w- yeah, would I prefer to have ransom? Play. Yes, of course. But man, that that trio there. I mean, that is that would be the envy of about 125 other FBS programs, I would think. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, a hundred percent. And that's and uh, where I was going with that. Like, if you need to like get some guys to get some playing time, like yeah. Matthews or whomever, and Malik Hart, you know, yeah, Malik or, Hartford. Or, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Malik yeah, Hartford. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right, like do it now right Mm -hmm. and clearly they will and like obviously they're going to be forced to but um get those guys reps because we're probably going to need them next week yeah um so it's a bummer about ransom for sure obviously we have you know the horses to to fill in but that 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 that's a that's a blow. It's a bummer. He was having an all Big Ten season. It is a blow, I, dude. It, it is one position, though, where I think Ohio State can afford this type of injury. I think in the secondary, they they have done a good job of recruiting well, hitting the transfer portal, and developing young players both at safety and at corner. That's very true. You know, uh, would I would I prefer to have ransom? Absolutely. But if there was one. You know, season-ending injury that I think we could afford to have, it would be in that in that secondary. So for me, with the Ohio State defense, look, play to your standard, Ohio State. Look the part of a playoff contender against this overmatched opponent and smother this very limited gopher offense. It's no secret what they want to do. And from that standpoint, this actually isn't a bad tune-up for the Michigan offense, which I think is going to be very deliberate about running the ball on Ohio State. So there's that, Paige, you've already mentioned it, CP, you've touched on it, an opportunity for young players to get reps, which I think is very important for, you know, next season and beyond. And also an opportunity, I think, for the for the defense to fine-tune some things. I'm hoping to see both Tommy Eichenberg and Josh Proctor back for the Buckeyes on Saturday. And I'll be looking for the defense to get control of this game early. No funny business, right? No cheap scores. That's what I loved about last week. No cheap yeah. scores given up to Michigan State, whereas last year we saw that against overmatched opponents. Uh, and and to your point, CP, let's get the starters uh, to the bench by the middle of the third quarter. I'll be, I'll be very disappointed if that doesn't happen. Hey, I got a question for you, though, Dean. I got, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, I really wasn't up to, like, didn't have the four one one on Eichenberg right. last week. But- where is he? Is he, is he good? Is he he practiced today. He did, yeah. So he practiced right. today. He's wearing a brace, I believe, on his left elbow. But he did practice today. Josh Proctor practiced today. So good news on those fronts. But um, good. Uh, I guess they said Mike Hall Jr. was not seen at practice today, the Ohio State beat. So, um, you know. Yeah. 
hopefully this is just a one-week thing with Mike Hall Jr. It's been kind of frustrating with him. He's another player who just hadn't been able to stay healthy these last couple of years. Um, all right. All right, guys. Let's flip it around and have a look at the Minnesota defense against the Ohio State offense. Now, the Gophers come into this game 54th nationally in total defense, but they're all the way down at 98th in defensive yards per play, allowing just under six yards per play. A lot of folks think defensive yards per play is a better metric than total defense. The Gophers are 68th in pass defense, which is about average, and they're 48th nationally in rush defense, which is actually pretty respectable, but... Purdue just ran for 353 yards on Minnesota last Saturday. So I don't know how good actually their run defense is. And their 62nd Minnesota is nationally in scoring offense along 26 points per game. So look, not very good. But a couple names to watch on that go for defense. Safety Tyler Newbin is their highest graded defender according to PFF with a grade of 90.6. That's actually a pretty good grade. Newbin leads the Gophers in interceptions with four, and he's their second leading tackler. Now, their best pass rusher is Ja Joyner, who leads the Gophers with 28 pressures. Joyner also has their highest PFF grade for pass rush at 90.2, so good. He's, he's a threat there off the edge. He's also second on the team in sacks with four and a half. Finally, they have a pretty good linebacker who has, I think, maybe the best name in the Big Ten. <laughs> Maverick Baranowski, uh, great name, uh, who leads the Gophers in tackles with 52. So, okay, PBH, I'm going to kick this back to you. Give me a few thoughts about the Ohio State offense against the Gopher defense. Well, I, I think you got to figure out what you're going to figure out on the, the offensive line this yes. week, right? And again, to me, that's kind of crazy if that's the case. But if, if you're, if you're going to make that move, um, then I, I would make it out of the get-go, right? Because you would start you know, Matthew hopefully... Jones at center. Yeah, and... starter. Yeah. yeah, you know, um, because you know, hopefully the game goes the way we want it to go, and then you're going to pull these guys in the second half. So, if that, that to me is probably the biggest thing, other than well, it is, and then the other thing is, you know, for for Ibuka and Stover. You know, like if if you're if you're still quite not there, mm -hmm. then I I don't I don't think I want to see you, right? Yeah. Like, um, just to be healthy, you know, for uh, the twenty fifth, and then the, you know the the other one, and you'd mentioned it, and I forgot about it on the Sunday sort of recap pod. Like Xavier Johnson is a hell of a weapon for this offense. Yes, he is. With, like some of those jet sweeps, and you know, absolutely. Um. So, so, so like, you know, like maybe ride him, you mm -hmm. know, uh, in this game and yep. Kyle, just keep doing your thing, get better, you know, more game time experience. Um, but you know, the overall, right. Have a fast start, finish drives, right. Get ahead early and, you know, and, and then get the hell out of the game. Right. And don't get hurt. That's it. I'm with you on all counts, yep. all counts. How about you, CP? Give me a few thoughts yep. about the Ohio State offense against the Gopher defense. I concur with pretty much like everything he said. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to see uh, come out McCord like being uh, have a nice rhythm. Yep. Complete some like you know a few first downs. Trey have a you know a few good runs. Um, you know, and just like just get it through first quarter and a half. Biggest thing Paige said, no injuries, and, you know, let's just 
let's build off of that. I mean, really, the, what, what more could you say? I mean, like, I mean, come on, like, like, I mean, you 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 gave all the stats on the on the Gophers like defense earlier, um, but yeah, let's let's get out, look look good, look sharp, look like we belong, like like we're going to be like we are a title contender and and get get the fuck out and start prepping like Sunday for, for Michigan. I'm going to echo all those sentiments uh, from both of you guys. I do want to see if Kyle McCord can string together a few quality performances. I want to see, you know, a repeat of what he did against the Spartans last week. I mean, he, he was, he was decisive. He was efficient. He was as accurate as I think I've ever seen him. He was in total command of that offense last Saturday. Let me see another performance like that in this game. I want Kyle McCord playing at peak confidence heading into Ann Arbor on November 20 the 5th. Uh, also, I do want to see some good early work from Emeka Buka in this game. And I wonder if the coaching staff will be intentional about getting him some touches early to help him get his timing and his rhythm back. Ibuka uh, is the last piece that needs to fall into place for this offense, I think. Get him into a lather early, then get him the hell up on the bench by the third quarter. Same with Trey Henderson, by the way. But I, I do think it's important for Ibuka to get that, that timing and rhythm back. Okay, boys, let's fire up the Concernometer. PVH, give me a Concernometer readout for this game. One. I'm, I'm just at a one. I had, I, I'd written down zero, but I'm at a one. I don't, I, I don't feel like they're going to have the look ahead. Yeah. Um, but, and, and, and partially that's because, if, dude, like, it feels like we haven't played that many home games this year. Yeah. And I guess this will, and yeah, we played more on the road than we have up to this point. Six road games to five home games. This will be our sixth game in the shoe on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the two PM start or what, four PM start there. Yep. Uh which I think is yeah. a perfect start time. Uh, love so, that time. Absolutely. Yeah, Me perfect. too. It's juiced. Um I think they're going to handle business. They're going to they're going to take care early, have fast start against an overmatched opponent, and um, so yeah, you're a one. Turnometer is just a one. CP, um, you know I'm going to ride with Paige. I'll go with a one. A one. Um, okay. I want to be pompous and go like it is like you know <laughs> a negative negative a negative one. integer. <laughs> yeah, I just ride one. I, I've, I've completely changed my whole you know demeanor from years in past one all good let's just we'll leave it at that great i'm a two which is you know low level of concern this team's on a mission <laughs> and i know pj flex teams have have played ohio state pretty tough in the past but i don't think fleck has the horses this year like he doesn't have a mo ibrahim to keep this game close and uh, you, you do have to account for a little bit of a look-ahead factor with Michigan looming next Saturday, but this is a veteran team, and I think they'll be able to manage that. Okay, fellas, let's get to our score predictions. PVH, going to kick this to you. Again, the line is Ohio State minus 27.5. The over-under is 48.5. It doesn't appear weather's going to be a factor. CP, you mentioned the weather in, in Cleveland at the, top of the, at the top here. The forecast is calling for sun with highs oh. in the low 50s. Wind and rain will not be a factor according to the forecast, so PVH, give me a score prediction for this game oh i'm gonna i'm gonna roll with uh 40 to 6 40 to 6 um yeah and i think it could be worse but i just don't think you know we'll probably see yeah. uh you know lincoln kineholtz and you know in the second court or the second half so yep we're you know not going to get the full buckeye fork four quarter arsenal so i don't see i mean how is i mean the defense the the 
they're dominant, right? This yep. isn't going to be the game where something breaks down, in my opinion. So, I don't know how they score. I think we score. I think it'll. I think it'll be very, very similar to last week. Okay, CP. How about you? I'm going to go uh, forty-seven to three. Forty-seven three. Okay. It's so funny, man. I have Ohio State. I'm going to give him a field goal. I have Ohio State forty-one to six. PVH. I wrote that prediction down like three hours wow. ago. Wow. <laughs> forty-one to six. Minds think alike, buddy. <laughs> forty-one to six, and then onward and upward to a winner-take-all top three matchup with Michigan in Ann Arbor. Woo, man, for the third year in a row. Woo! So before I let you guys go, I want to get your thoughts on Michigan's twenty-four to fifteen win over Penn State last week. PBH, I'm going to kick this to you. What what did you see from that Michigan win over Penn State last week that stood out to you? So, I, I actually watched the whole bloody thing. Me too. Uh, is like my oh. eyes were, my eyes were bleeding. By the end. <laughs> um, uh, awesome. I the, the the irony or the, they kind of beat Penn State the same way they beat us last year. Well, I shouldn't say that. Penn State. They, they 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 beat them on offense the same way they beat us last year, right? Where, I mean, God damn it, come hell or high water, they're going to bring in 17 offensive linemen and just run the ball down your throat, and you cannot lose contain, right? right? You just cannot do it. And those guys, twice it happened, or once with Corm and one, once with Edwards, yep. where they, they got aggressive out mm-hmm. and there's nobody home. And I just didn't understand why Penn State was doing that. And... You know, they they obviously, you know, are not very good on offense, um, but it was, you know, M- Michigan. I, you know, I'm hesitant to say that they're one dimensional because McCarthy can make, you know, yeah. plays with his legs. But if you can shut them down and and then make them do that to beat you, then, you know, that's that's the formula, I think, to win. But Penn State didn't do that, right? And no. you know, then they were busting those long runs in the second half, and Penn State was in that game the whole freaking time. They just didn't have the horses offensively, and then I think they were just way too aggressive on defense to win that game. I agree. I agree with you, from Franklin. This- Franklin. Well, I agree with you about the the comparison to last year. Ohio State was over aggressive last year. Uh, now it was mostly in the past game that we got burnt, but at, toward the end of that game, right? It was, they were selling out to stop the run and there was nobody at the second level to stop Donovan Edwards. And that's what reminded me uh, in this game. It reminded me of, of, of what happened last year in Columbus because Penn state did made some similar mistakes. And in fact, that last touchdown by Blake Quorum, they sent a run blitz and just smashed into the, the offensive line and Quorum runs for an easy long touchdown. So yeah, from that standpoint, I totally agree. The, the, their over-aggressiveness on defense, you have to be disciplined against yeah. Michigan. You do have to respect their skilled players. Um, otherwise, you know, they're going to beat you. Uh, look, give I said this on the post-game pod, give, give Michigan credit for a solid road win, but I thought that game was more about the complete ineptitude of James Franklin and the now-fired Mike Yursich. To, to field a competent offense in that game. And and as we've already mentioned, the, the lack of discipline from Manny Diaz's defense, which proved fatal for Penn State in this game. Michigan didn't beat themselves, and they took advantage of every single Penn State mistake, whether it was a coaching or player execution mistake. And that rings familiar for me to what happened last year in Columbus between Ohio State and Michigan, because I really thought that's how Michigan won the game. Well, other than the fact that they had all of our fucking signs and they knew every play that was going to be <laughs> yeah, where it was going before, before the ball was snapped. But, <laughs> uh, 
But, the, you know, they the, we made a lot of mistakes in that game, too. A lot of penalties, and Michigan took advantage yeah. of that. So, um, if I'm a Michigan fan, though, to your point, CP, you just mentioned this, right? How Michigan just completely shut down the passing game from about the six-minute mark of the second quarter for the rest of the game. I'm not sure I'm celebrating the fact that J.J. McCarthy finished the day with only eight pass attempts, and he was pressured on seven of those eight pass attempts. Yeah. Right? Um, that's being celebrated as some great accomplishment by Michigan fans, but it's, but to me, that's a sign they either don't trust their offensive line in pass protection, or they don't trust J.J. McCarthy, or both. I mean, I understand the, the Penn State pass rush is good, but for fuck's sake, your, your offensive line won the last two Joe Moore awards, and you're telling me you don't trust them in pass protection to the extent that you don't attempt to pass in the second half of that game? I mean, what right. the fuck? Don't, wouldn't you think I mean the other thing that's worth mentioning is the week before when Michigan played Purdue Purdue had the Purdue defense had 22 pressures and three sacks at J.J. McCarthy uh, so it seems like there could be something in pass protection that the Ohio State defense might be able to exploit on November 25th PBH any other observations from that game you want to share yeah I mean if you don't have to do something right it's like I mean, Jim Harbaugh's cut out of the Woody Hayes cloth, right? If you pass the ball, you know, you know, only one good thing could potentially happen. And if you don't have to pass it, right, um, then why do it? And if they can't stop it, keep doing it. And the other thing is that it also speaks to just the the complete, uh, you know, fantasy world that they do live in, right? <laughs> Which, you know. Um, goes back to the, the the cheating thing as well. Like everyone else is living in reality, um, and you guys, you know, tout this as some great accomplishment. So, I'm torn on that sort of subject. Whether or not that was, you know, um, something to be celebrated or not, mm -hmm. because if you know, if you don't have to pass it, then then just don't pass it. I mean, make them stop it. Yeah, but against uh, but a competent it, team with a with a, an offense that's a threat, you can get away with that against a hapless yeah, offense but, like Penn State. Okay, yeah, I don't know if you can get away with that against Ohio State or a Georgia or no. Right. Well, true, but you, one thing you can't say is that Penn State doesn't field a competent defense, and they were mm -hmm. able to still do that. That's true, um, and that's their identity. That's what they want to do. I mean, literally. I mean, it's like I, I didn't know a team could have that many offensive linemen, and. They would just, you know, trot out nine of them, um, <laughs> and so they they do it. It's effective. Well, uh, well so. I, I I'll say this: if the Ohio State pass rush is as effective as Penn State, to the point where Michigan has to completely shut down the passing game, I'll take that. <laughs> Give me that all day long. That is a formula for an Ohio State win and probably an Ohio State blowout. Concur. Um, yeah. CP, any kind of overarching thoughts you want to share about kind of the Michigan Penn State game? I know you didn't watch, but anything in the post game that you heard that you think is worth mentioning? Post game, that's exactly where I was going to go to see. Like, I did see that, and I saw that live. And I was like, literally, like, I was saying to Kuga, I'm like, is this fucking real? Did Harbaugh die like this morning? Like oh. you know, this guy's fucking crying. Like I mean, so you're talking about the Sharon Moore interview in the post game yeah, where he was crying what, and dropping it. Yeah, that was that was. That oh was. my god, we did this for you, <laughs> And then you know, it, 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 I was like, I it was, was like, I, I can't embarrassing. I'm, I'm watching this right now. This is insane. Embarrassing. Pvh, what, what did you? What was your reaction to 
the, the post-game interview with Sharon Moore and this whole Michigan against everybody bullshit. What'd you think? Not the same as the same as everybody, but I, I, I mean, the, the, the delusion that they live on is, you know, is, is next level. <laughs> I'm, I'm just more interested in like, you know, how high this actually goes, because I just can't believe that they're all, you know, I, I, I just don't think it actually stops at Harbaugh, right? I think it's, you know, I think the AD probably knew about it. I think the fucking president must have had some, because you cannot be, you you cannot be, the, the whole world is looking at this in one lens and you have a different one. And I'm just so, so hopeful that they do have the goods. And I'm not saying I don't, I want the hammer to come down before the 25th, but it, it's it's so bizarre to me on so many levels that I'm actually like legitimately confused, but I keep coming back to that. <laughs> right. They all, they all fucking must've known about it. The, the other thing, and I didn't see it when it happened, but apparently like McCarthy was like doing like goggle eyes on his, you know, like yeah. pretending to steal signs like during the game, which yeah. is com- I mean, com- right. comical yeah. at, at at some <laughs> level, yeah. Um, but you know, but it's the, also like fucking like, yeah. It's and and the last thing I'll say about it is it's just it's embarrassing, right? Like, I agree. And you and I talked about this, and I'm sure this is where you're going to go with this, Zach. So I won't steal your thunder, but like, guys, I, I mean, at, at this point, you really better have not done any of it, and I don't see how that's plausible, but. Th- I'm not saying they're, the the NCAA would give them the death penalty or something, but this is a stain that will be on this program probably in perpetuity. It, obviously, it will be. And so I guess you're just pushing all in. The, the whole fucking place is pushing they're everything They're leaning in into this. it, yeah. Leaning and into this gaslight, this institutional. Yeah, they're they're leaning into this institutional gaslighting job that everybody seems to be in on. You know, former Michigan players in the media, everybody at the administrative level, on down to coaches and players. Uh, it's it's. Uh, you know, I, I'm very surprised to see Michigan taking this approach. All right, boys, I want to end on this. Back to the action on the field. I want to give our listeners, I want each of us to give our listeners one thought on next week's colossal matchup with number three Michigan in the big house. I'm going to get us started. And then PBH, I'm going to kick this to you. What do these five players have in common? You guys don't have to answer. This is a rhetorical exercise. What do these five players have in common? Trey Henderson, Sonny Styles, Josh Proctor, Jordan Hancock, Davis and Nick Benoson, I'll answer the question. They either did not play, played sparingly, or were not on the roster the last time Ohio State played Michigan. And they're all playing extremely well this season. These are the PFF grades of those players. Trey Henderson, 87.7. Sonny Styles, 78. Josh Proctor, 79.4. Jordan Hancock, 71.5. Davis and Ignosen, a good solid 69. Last year, Sonny Styles only played two defensive snaps against Michigan and special teams. Proctor and Hancock only played special teams. Trey Henderson, as we know, was injured, did not play. Davis and Ignosen was an old miss. In my humble opinion, these five players hold the key to victory for the Buckeyes against Michigan on November 25th. I will expand on that thought in our preview pod next Thursday. PBH, give us your one thought on this game. That's that. That's funny because the guy that I think is the most important 
uh, player on defense for Ohio State next week is Jack Sawyer. Interesting. Okay. Do you want to expand on that or are you going to save it for next week? I'll tell Dude, just don't lose contain. Just don't. He He's the key. Yep. It's the same thing that happened with Penn State. He cannot lose contain. He's out. Just, just, what, what's that? Bella, do your job, Jack. Right? Yeah. And don't let them bounce it outside yeah. and we'll be fine. Everybody, the whole defense, do your job. But I think I, it's it's not that I expect Jack Sawyer to you know turn into Chase Young next week. But don't lose outside contain, and we'll beat that team. To your point, Paige, on the season. By the way, Jack Sawyer on the season, he's has the third highest PFF grade, eighty four point three of the defense. That's his season grade, and his grade for rush defense. 82.2. Sawyer has been very disciplined, really good at playing a role in rush defense. Good so, point. So the, uh, the, the other thing I'll, I'll say, and I'll kick it over to UCP, I'm done. Um, I'm not so sure I don't have Michigan thinking about the look-ahead factor. And ah. Zach, you and I were on the phone the whole time last year watching them play Illinois. And oh. Illinois should have won that game yes, they should last have. year. Yeah. I mean, and it, it I would be much more concerned, or I, I have a much higher propensity for Michigan to have the look-ahead game than us. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, well, real quick, before I kick it over to UCP, they are at Maryland, where we were last year. The game is, uh, Michigan's a 19-point favorite in that game, over under is 55 and a half. All right, CP, give us your one thought. My one thought, like, is, like, is McCord. McCord is the key to this game. Um, and that's the, that's the one thing that I will... Yep. Leave it at that. Um, I love, I love your uh, your thought, Zach. I, I I like that. All right. Yeah. That's, like, that's a huge point. Yeah. Think about that. There's a lot of all those players you named. That's that's huge. Yeah, huge. And uh, I, I look forward to expanding on that in next week's preview pod. Okay, fellas, listen, why don't we end things there? Thanks so much for making the time for our listeners. I will be back with you on Sunday morning with my usual game recap. Then look for a preview of the Michigan game from the three of us next Thursday. Until then, thanks so much for listening and go Bucks. been listening to the south stands a buckeye football podcast you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook and visit our website at southstandsosu.com